Hello, and welcome to Learn to Lead the podcast, where we talk to leaders about how they lead, what they've learned, and what they recommend on our journeys to becoming better leaders. Today, we're joined by Helen. It's a special episode of the Learn to Lead podcast and our season finale for season one. Helen, along the way, has been interviewing our staff at Western, and so now it's her turn to be in the hot seat and to share some of her perspectives. Helen, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Meg. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited to see you and excited to have you on the other side of this. I'm excited to be on the hot seat. (laughs) Well, I promise it's going to be a straightforward conversation, but I'm going to ask you a series of questions that you asked other staff and faculty to sort of share your own perspective because we're really interested in learning. So I'm going to start with the first question, which is uh, to start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your education experiences and how you came to your current position? Yes, absolutely. So I guess there's two positions. There's the position of being a student and then there's there's learn to lead and the privilege that it's been to coordinate that with you. But um, on the student side of things, I started at Western in medical science in my first year of undergrad. And I had thought I wanted to become an obstetrician gynecologist and actually had the opportunity to shadow one over the Christmas break and realized very quickly that I was not cut out to be a doctor. So I spent hours every day on career cruising, looking at every possible program and position and what the heck I might do with the rest of my life and ended up transferring to psychology because I had all of the prerequisites for that and then applied to the business school from there, Ivy Business School at Western. Uh, and the reason I did that was I was having a conversation with my mom and she was asking, well, like, what, what kind of work do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I want to work with good people doing something good for the world, preferably at a desk with a window. And she said, that's not super helpful, but I figured business is, is quite versatile. Um, and I was really interested in the sustainability certificate that Ivy has, um, looking at sustainable business and how do we do good and do well. Um, so that's, that's why I ended up applying there. So I spent the first four years of undergrad in a different program each year, going from med side to psychology, then to business in HBA one year, you're just doing the HBA courses and then in my last two years I was doing the dual degree of half business half psychology courses Um, so that was that was kind of my my undergraduate journey and it was so much fun to have so many different experiences and perspectives and um, had some really neat learning opportunities too Um, and then at learn to lead I started I think I went to my first workshop when I was in first year as well I had made the summer before undergrad a big spreadsheet of all of the extracurriculars that Western had um, because I was trying to organize myself. And so I stumbled upon Learn to Lead, which at the time was called the Leadership Education Program, uh, just going through Western's website. And they were offering workshops almost every day of the year where you could work towards a certificate in leadership. So I plowed through those in first year and absolutely loved it because in medical science, you're sitting in a lot of classes that have like six to 800 people in a room. And then at the leadership education program, we had 10, 20 people. It was interactive. It was talking about something that was a lot more applicable than microimmunology and chemistry. Um, Right. Although maybe if I'd paid attention, I would be less experimental in my baking now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so learn to lead the, the program at, in the first year made a big difference in helping me feel connected from, from a classroom point of view. It was very reminiscent of, of high school and some of those smaller, more personal interactive spaces. And then very applicable too. I learned about LinkedIn through the leadership education program and how to you know, set yourself up for a career and um, 
be intentional about the things that you're pursuing and, and how to build your leadership skills. So um, I ended up volunteering as a facilitator to help run some of those workshops. I did one of the introductory ones. There was one on managing conflict, one on teamwork. Um, and that was a really cool experience because the company that I will start working at full time after I graduate does this type of education on a corporate level. So they work with management and um, executive leaders and I'm literally developing a teamwork workshop at the moment. So learn to lead helped me so much um, in terms of what it looks like to build curricula and then how to facilitate it also. Um, and then Meg is absolutely wonderful. I can speak of her only in the highest terms. And so when I was in my last year, then uh, I applied to the student coordinator position and it's just been so much fun to help work a little bit more behind the scenes on what the program looks like and revamping it this year as Learn to Lead. So that's, that's how I ended up here. I love all of it, Helen. And I love, isn't it interesting when you think about all the interviews you've done, so many staff as well had a really non-linear career path, right? Mm -hmm. No one sort of set their sights and went exactly into that. And your role as an undergrad is the same experience, right? You, you came in with one intention and then changed and changed and changed in a short amount of time. And thank you for the great testimonial for the program because um, I've enjoyed having you and you've done such a fantastic job in spearheading the podcast. We could just talk about that, but okay, <laughs> let's go on to another question. So for you then, Helen, what does leadership look like uh, over your career journey and what does it mean to be a leader? Hmm. I've, I've thought about this a lot because um, I'm someone who tends to smile a lot and I'm rather small. And so it's difficult sometimes to be a leader in the traditional sense where leaders command authority and, and have respect in a traditional, probably more tall white male corporate stereotype. Um, I did a course through Ivy called Leadership Under Fire, where we spent four days at a military base. And so it was half taught wow. by corporate execs and then half taught by the Canadian military. And um, I remember wondering why my team in all of these drills that we were being put through, we would, they would get us out of the barracks at 4am in the morning to do like five hour relays and obstacle courses. Um, and I remember wondering why my team always like I was always the one that was put on the bike to be pushed or put in the canoe to be carried. And I was not the smallest person on the team. And I was reflecting on on why I wasn't being put in some of those more active roles um, and talked with with our mentor who this was a huge privilege. He was, he was the head of the Canadian military in the U.S. Um, wow. And he was talking me through, well, you're like, you're just a very nice person and you come off as, as nice and cute and all of those things. And you need to learn how to be yourself and be authentic, but also demonstrate confidence and demonstrate capability. Um, and that's a harder balance to strike, I think, especially for women sometimes. Yes. Um, learning what soft power looks like and how you can convey, I think it becomes all the more important that you demonstrate knowledge and that you demonstrate competence because when people see that you are able and then if you are confident in that, you can carry yourself in a way that is still nice and is still cute and I can bake cookies for people, um, but also still command authority and, and have respect. Um, and so that was something that I, I learned a lot about is what does it look like to lead with confidence and to be in a position of authority and to be a good steward of that also because I would say if there's ways in which you can shirk responsibility and authority and pass it off as like oh that's just not my personality um, but it is important to step into those roles and and to be a good steward of them but to do it in a way that is still authentic um, 
that was something that I learned a lot about and had to practice a bit posture as, as a lot of that he was telling me to like, you know, like, I mean, I don't wear heels, so I'll stay short. But there's ways in which we can carry ourselves that will exude, exude confidence, even if we're smiley and cute. You should have talked to Leslie in your interview about power poses. She has a whole thing about <laughs> power poses that people can take, but it's a conversation. That's so we interesting. We did talk about soft power. I think we, we had a good chat about that. She was telling mm. me a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. Well, what about for you, Helen? What do you think are your leadership strengths and what is your leadership style? So you touched on it a bit, but maybe mm -hmm. expand. Yeah, I think I think a strength would be would be diligence and, and organization. I have learned that organization and communication, organization and communication solve 95% of all problems. Mm -hmm. um, and so just not over communicating, but being being transparent, being organized, I think helps things move a lot smoother. And I don't think that's necessarily something that is restricted to being in a leadership position. But when you are in a leadership position, you are often responsible for more of the organizing and communicating. Mm -hmm. so I think that's something that I've been able to lean on and, and use well. Um, it also helps because a lot of leadership is just guiding followers and raising up a team because you don't lead on your own. The purpose of leading is that there's other people around. Uh, and so communication and organization is the way that you can mobilize people and, and optimize your entire team. Uh, so that's something that I think comes a bit more easily to me just because I like writing things down and organizing things and having everything in my planner. Um, and so that sometimes makes it easier for me to just keep things moving. Um, but then there's also a difference between quantity and quality. And you can do a lot of stuff and get a lot of stuff to, done. But the question is whether you're doing it well also. So that's something where often I have to slow down. And rather than just checking all the boxes and getting everything done, I need to think about, okay, what was our vision for this? And, and what is the goal? And um, how can we make sure that we're doing the right things in the right way at the right time, not just all of the things all of the time? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about some of the most impactful lessons about leadership that you've learned? Hmm. I was I was actually talking to my dad about this um, last weekend. I was thinking back to uh, my Sunday school teacher in high school. His name was Samson, and he he is the CEO of um, a medical devices manufacturing and distributing company. Um, and he taught me so much about what it looks like to be a like a strong traditional corporate leader in in all of the senses, um, but then also just someone who is so willing to serve and so humble. Um, he, he would talk about how he was cleaning the washrooms and knew all of his employees by name and would follow up with them individually and personally and has won many awards for entrepreneurship and, and his leadership and management. Um, and so you can be incredibly successful and you can um, really move mountains in terms of organizational and, and managerial perspectives and you don't have to sacrifice um, humanity for that. Um, which unfortunately, and I've seen a lot of this just through my time at the business school as well, but um, companies and, and businesses and teams all start from a place of filling some sort of a hole or some sort of a need. Like we develop products, we raise up teams because there's a need that's being met. Um, but sometimes when we grow and when we gain influence, when we gain power as individuals um, or as companies, when we gain market share or, or whatnot, it's easy to lose sight of 
hey, we exist to serve someone or something and to fill a need. Um, and so that's one of the lessons that I learned. That's one of the things that he's taught me. My dad has, has taught me some of that as well, what that looks like um, to lead well um, and to maintain character as the leader and, and humanity. And you can do all of that without compromising success. In fact, I think when you do it well, it, it only amplifies success. Um, so yeah, that, that's a big lesson that I've learned and it's something mm. that I hope I will never lose sight of. You know, it's so true because I think about companies I'm really loyal to often have an ethos or a philosophy that I think is more personal and more caring because I care deeply about things that are impactful. So if businesses align to that, I'm more likely to stick with them and to support them as opposed to a random corporation that has a product I need, but I'm not necessarily going to be as loyal to its mandate. So that's interesting, interesting mm -hmm. perspective. All right. What about some of the greatest challenges you faced as a leader? I think, I think I would have to go back to uh, what I was mentioning about struggling with authority and, and what it looks like to, to lead teams and other people, especially when those people might not respect you because of some of the, the qualities that you have, um, either just personality disposition wise, um, or based on experience or a background, um, whether it's, it's a demographic element or, or anything else. Um, I am not someone who can easily put my foot down um, and stand up for things that often need to be stood up for. I think it's, it's easy to sometimes, yeah, let, let things happen, um, especially in a group context when maybe there isn't a designated leader. Right. Um, but leadership leadership is something that I think everyone can take part in whether or not they have a certain role. Um, and in situations where you're in a group with a bunch of guys at a business school who are being disrespectful of maybe a guest visitor or, or something, I, I, I learned that I, I have a, a responsibility to, to, to make space for, for that respect. Um, and it would be easy to say, oh, oh, that's not on, on me, especially if there isn't a particular role that you have as a leader. Um, but I've been challenged to recognize that we, we do all have a responsibility in standing up for the things that are right and talking back to the things that are wrong, um, even when that is incredibly uncomfortable. And even when sometimes it doesn't work, like sometimes I would, I would tell people like, hey, like this is being really disrespectful. Like, can you put your phone away? Can you not take a nap on the table while we have someone taking time out of their day to come speak with us? Um, and often nothing would happen, right? People go on doing what they're doing, but it is still the right thing to do to stand up for those things. And I do think that's a form of leadership. Um, and that's a way that I've been challenged to definitely step out of, definitely step out of my comfort zone and also learn to do that in a way that is respectful. Like I think you can offer um, advice and, and rebuke in a sense and in a way that is still loving and that is out of a place of like, hey, like we want to honor and, and respect each other and, and make positive spaces and everyone has a role to play in that. Um, so that's, yeah, that's something that I've been challenged to do and have been trying to challenge myself to, to also make sure that I'm stepping up in those spaces. And someday when you are leading your team and you're bringing that empathy and that care and the concern, I guarantee you the people who work with it will lead it as some of your greatest strengths because oh, working with it will be an absolute delight because you do that now. So I can see that authentically being woven into your leadership just as you continue to evolve, which is exciting. 
Thank you. I don't know that I even want to lead a team particularly, but often I think it's the people who don't want to lead that do the best job because um, at least you know you're not in it for the sake of being able to say that you're a leader. So we'll see if that happens. If it comes, then I pray that I will be a good steward of that team and that leadership, but it might not. And then we can just lead and and settle other ways. Mm -hmm. And there's, you're right, many ways to do it, not at always in the traditional sense, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Last question for you, Helen, then the same one you asked. What advice do you have for students looking to develop their leadership uh, character and skills? So from a student Mm -hmm. to a student, what would you say? I would say there's there's a beautiful balance to be struck between theory and experience. Um, I think learning learning theory is so so helpful in in giving a foundation, and so take advantage of every educational experience that you have in kind of a, a curriculum classroom based sense at Western. Um, I mentioned at the start how instrumental learn to lead was in helping me understand a lot of these skills from a theoretical level, but then also get practical experience, um, whether that's through a club or through volunteering in the community, or um, I had the privilege of having really wonderful summer jobs between uh, years at university. And those were the places where I had the opportunity to take ownership over tasks um, or smaller product launches, and then see what it's like to work in a team, but then also see what it's like for others to be leading. You probably won't be a manager anywhere in in a summer job, um, but you'll have the opportunity to interact with those people and see how they lead and learn from them. Um, And then honestly, the biggest advice I would have is just talk to people. Um, Do what Meg and I are doing now. I spent so many afternoons just saying like, hey, do you have 20 minutes to grab coffee on lunch break or after work? I would love to hear about your experiences and what you've learned. Um, people are people are often eager to share what they've learned uh, because they remember being in, in your shoes and it's so encouraging to hear the journey that people's careers have taken to even just know what's out there. I think our education system doesn't do a great job of merging academia and industry and it's so easy to get sucked into um, staying in school forever and not knowing where you want to go or what you want to do because we just don't know what's out there. There's like I think 88% of jobs are not professional designations. Um, so things like, you know, I was, I was thinking, oh, like, should I be a teacher? Should I be an engineer? Should I be yeah. a doctor? Should I be yeah. a lawyer? There's yeah. so much else out there. Um, I guess this is drifting more towards career advice, but I think um, getting experience is, is great for, for leadership and then also just for knowing how to lead yourself into where, where you want to go and um, what even your options are. Um, and then don't be afraid to make mistakes. I think sometimes we have an analysis paralysis where we think we need to find what the, the perfect decision and the perfect next step is before we take that step. Um, but someone once told me that your, your job or like in an extracurricular sense, a course or, or an involvement, it's just one piece of the patchwork and you will add so many more pieces and you will never be stuck anywhere. Um, but if you don't move at all, you'll never move forward and you'll never have a place to, to pivot from. So take steps, but then also take moments to reflect to see if you're still on that path that, that you want to be on. And if you're not, that's okay. Just recalibrate, go back, um, and then keep tripping forward through life. It's a wonderful stumbling, bumbling journey. Great. I love it. I love that insight. And I'm, I'm so thankful once again to have you on and, and that you've been so integral to this process and taking the time. So thank you so much, Helen, um, for everything, for everything that you've done. 
And thank you. It's been so much fun. And you were someone that I've learned a lot of these things from. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. Well, that's it. That's our season finale. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the Learn to Lead podcast this year. We plan on being back next year with a whole new group of students and staff. 